But anyway, that's actually not my point. <laughs> okay, okay, what is it? What is the point? I don't remember, but it was... <laughs> Hi, I'm Abby. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Paul, and welcome to 3 to Beam Up. Today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 8, For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. <laughs> oh dear. You guys, I love this episode so much. Surprising no one. <laughs> it's a bone-centric episode. <laughs> I love McCoy-centric episodes. They are the best episodes of all time. And I don't think in any way that's an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> or hyperbole. Definitely not. No, not at all. Not even a little. I, I just... I mean, I'm I'm trying to find a place in my notes to start, and I just look down. I'll just jump it in the middle. Do There's it. a point where Kirk kicks a guy's helmet off, and I think that's my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> okay, okay, that's now, a legit. I, I really like. I really like when that, they but. finally get the book out, and Sp- they're like, "Spock, is it in there?" And he's like, "Yes, it is." Like right away, and I was like, "Wow, they have a table of contents." Apparently, yeah, a very well indexed know. book. And he's like, "Is it indexed?" And Spock's like, "Yes, naturally." I turned right to. The correct page. And he can apparently read that language, by the way. He also just left the book out there. He's like, all we needed to do was was get into the back room. I don't need it as an instruction manual on how to operate all this. I know how to do this. It's fine. Okay, so guys, I I don't know if we can agree that this is a bad episode, but it kind of is. But that doesn't mean I love it any less. So I'm not saying it's good. Let's toss out there, right? We have have mentioned this a bunch of times. There's a difference between a bad episode and an episode you like. There are plenty of ostensible bad episodes that are still enjoyable to watch Horda. right um, <laughs> exactly exactly um so that's nets yeah there's not necessarily so, a so like i'm not episodes. arguing that it's good because there's a lot of problems i mean like like the like the gaping holes alone like what happened to those missiles where did um, they come from space. from the opening yeah the opening's a little weird right the opening sort of um it's very intense, a bunch though. of ideas it is it is an intense quick so opening, it's, it's like. good yeah it's exciting but like so, what happened to those missiles where did they come from why are they never discussed the, again the oracle shot them right i mean that would be the 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 oracle would have had to have shot them because nobody why? else knows around an asteroid what was their plan the oracle's um, plan to Pratt. stop all of this from happening to make sure that the i think it's like kind of the Self-defense? Yeah, self-defense. Well, well, it's kind of like the nothing can stop us from reaching our destination. We will take out anything in our way kind of deal, like programming. Well, the Oracle realizes that one of the dangers is outside knowledge. That, you know, there's a... Yeah, I can see that. The the second they land there, they're a threat. Right, but by shooting the missiles, the Oracle drew attention to them. Otherwise, they never would have even known that wasn't an asteroid. That's an interesting take. Um, because, yeah, like, like they, take, they, they, they knew there was no... Like, they, it took them a while to figure out it was hollow and it was a spaceship. Yeah. Like, it, they would have just gone on their way. It was the missiles that brought them there. Yeah, so if, if they are in an asteroid to sort of hide the fact that they're a spaceship, then you're right. Drawing hmm. attention to yourself is kind of the last thing you'd want to do. Um, I guess they're pitching a sort of range of 
encounters. If they're expecting to, to encounter people who couldn't defend against that, then they're just like, well, we'll just blow them up, which paints a bad picture of the civilization. Mm. But. Right, right. Well, so, th- but that's just like one gaping hole in the like litany of a thousand billion gaping holes. So again, not arguing it's good, but well, our, it's a, so enjoyable. I love it so much. As a plot device, the missiles aren't the yes. worst, I guess. Um, no, no, they don't. And they don't dwell on it either, which I guess I appreciate. Yeah. But back to that opening after the missiles and all that, which is very exciting and cool. Then we immediately cut to McCoy for that like amazing interaction between him and Chapel. It's so sad. He's so mean to Chapel. Yeah. Everybody's mean to Chapel, and it makes me sad because I like Chapel. Everyone's also mean to the spirit of HIPAA. Um, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> HIPAA did not exist. It then. doesn't exist in the 23rd century, <laughs> apparently. But also, no. in what universe does one of your senior officers get a an illness, a, a, a fatal illness, and you don't tell the other senior staff what's the i mean what's the disease vector for this too right <clears throat> like is it is, is it a virus they don't dwell on it but no. it's one of these where like mm, it's something that only he is infected and obviously is not contagious um it's presumably not congenital or genetic um it it starts with xeno right which Mm -hmm. is yeah xeno polycythemia Um, so so it's almost certainly something that is non uh that wouldn't be a human genetic um disease or something like that um that's like that that really cuts down your options for something that is terminal and and non doesn't have a a contagion um like how did he get this (laughs) where did he get this and why Um, does no one else have it yeah why does no one else have it and why does no one have a cure for it also, why did this disease exist 10,000 years ago for a different civilization to have cured it? To jump way to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, like, again, a gaping plow hole. But I still really like it. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's not a, I, I don't think they need it. Is kind of a weird part of it. No, they do. Bones has to be terminal for him to make the seriously questionable choices he makes in this episode. Like there's no other explanation for yeah, why. Yeah, he like, wouldn't just leave the enterprise. Leave the enterprise. Pretty leave lady. His friends, be- yeah. And like, like think... agree to marry someone he just met like a hot second ago. Yeah, I think that. I don't know. It's hard to say because again, you're right. They're putting him in a terminal disease. That that changes the picture a lot. Uh, but it seems it like sure it, does. if he wasn't at least entertaining those ideas, this wouldn't change that much. Um. And if he like the question is where do you want what do you want to live out the rest of your life and and if the answer is, would be like with my friends doing the things I've done my whole life, um, he'd stay on the enterprise. Well, but this right? episode I think is fundamentally about loneliness and specifically sure. okay. romantic loneliness. Ugh, and society. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Abby. <laughs> hey, and this he- is my <laughs> podcast too. I get to say my feelings. <laughs> Anyway, that is, I would argue, one, like, strong way to read this episode. No, I like that read. I like that and, read. And so, like, the the point of it is for him to have realized he was this very... And I, I wish in the TOS they went into his backstory they, the way they do in the TOS novels and the way they do in the remakes of the movies. Like, he was divorced. He has this kid who he hasn't had this relationship with. Like, he hasn't... Like, he essentially left Earth to like get away from this like horrible failed relationship and then hasn't you know ever found anyone and there's so few bones romantic relationships isn't there the one in a much boy it's either a much later or a much earlier episode where um 
Uh, I'm going to forget. I feel like there's one where it's not worth dwelling on. That he has somebody from his past that... Yes, there is. I think that's season one. Okay. I forget the well, title. We'll get there it. eventually. Yeah, he, <laughs> he gets he gets a lover in that one. And then uh, there's the the one we just watched a couple of weeks ago, the pregnant lady one. The last episode Ooh. we watched, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, my bad. Who kind of, what's that called again? Friday's Child. Friday's Child. Yeah, who kind of falls from. There's that one. Uh, there's like the empath, which like has overtones of romanticism. Well, there's the, um, the one where they're on the imaginary planet where he's like squiring around what's her face. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that yeah, one too. Right. So he has, you know, he's got he's some one off. I mean, it's it's a, it's a product of this series being a series of one off episodes. Right. Um, that is, you can't have any. Is McCoy the early setup for the O'Brien must suffer meme? <laughs> Like, oh. is, he, is he the prototype type of Brian? <laughs> that he, everything has to go wrong for Bones. <laughs> Maybe. Because it Maybe. kind of feels that way. <laughs> I mean, a lot of stuff goes wrong for Bones. <laughs> so many things. He's, like, all the time. Yeah, a lot of the time. And it just made me think, while we were, especially during this episode, where it's like, I have a terminal illness. I've met the love of my life. Now I have to leave her. Everything is terrible. I'm like, wow, this is like, Miles O'Brien could be in this episode. <laughs> Man, I miss Miles O'Brien. I do, too. I love Miles <laughs> O'Brien. Miles O'Brien's so great. So um, good. So... Guys, Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say other any other other early stuff because they get down to the planet. Well, the planet. Um, I guess the, the asteroid. Pretty quick. Um, uh, Spock says some dumb stuff about gravitational stressors. That's probably not no worth the science corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God! Though that convo between Spock and Kirk, that asteroid is the missile's point of origin. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Correct, Captain. Um, like Spock, oh, and Spock is just like you're an I'd idiot. Say it's, I'd say it's a solid B in terms of that line of dialogue that gets delivered a lot as a as a way of telling the audience what the audience needs to know. I think yeah, that was but a solid like the way Spock looks at Kirk, like he's just a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean Spock just spelled it out, and then yeah, Kirk is like put it another way it came from, it came from yeah there. if you're an idiot <laughs> he does that all the time though that's so kirk oh, it's um, so kirk yeah and it's so spock to just be sitting there like i just said that <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov has real hair right now i <laughs> thought it was so terrible those well, uneven on bangs like 10 seconds though. he was but he has his real hair it might be the first okay. episode we've watched at least um, that isn't his terrible way. those bangs though are so bad well there were a lot mm-hmm. of characters that were just really quick on screen and then the whole rest of the episode is off you know off um ship so right because sulu was there um, yeah yeah was, was her there i didn't pay attention to who was there or not uh, yes scott yeah, is there too they're all there are they all okay and, I, and I saw, I saw uh, Sulu's uh, Virtua Boy again, which we just talked about, but um, that's why I knew Sulu was there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, if we're going to talk about the hair, maybe we can talk about the costumes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to want to talk about these yeah, costumes. Yeah, we were. Um, <laughs> guys, did they seriously just raid, like, a $5 clearance bin of fabric? Yes. And then, like, <laughs> yes, like they, they had, like, one pattern, and they were just like, let's just make, like, jumpsuits again. Because, they're not like, even jumpsuits. They're just draped, right? Yeah, they're just draping. There's, yeah, it's so much draping, and the wigs are insane, and the makeup is nuts, and I just, insane. it's so much. I was All wondering what you were so going much. to think of, um, oh, boy, what's her name? Um, Natira. Uh, Natira. Natira's costumes. How do her boobs stay in that? That actually, I was paying attention to that because I also had that question seeing it from the front. But there is structure in the back. 
back, so I understand how it's. Well, I saw like so <laughs> like the back looks like it's digging into her. So is that what that is? Is that like almost like a bra? Almost like yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's holding that up. Yeah. Well, that explains that, which was like seriously like in the future, do boobs defy gravity? Apparently, like, yes. I mean, they're in space, so yes, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, her costume is legit amazing. Her wig is pretty terrible. Her well, wig or whatever. is insane. I mean, honestly, it's probably duct tape. Right? Oh, and there, it's yeah. They've they've taped it to her for sure. But um, but there is at least structure. And they've to it. pulled up the boobs with tape, probably. Oh, like how you do yes. now with with those like strapless bra bra copy things. Mm-hmm. Now they're a lot more comfortable. But then it was just tape. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more comfortable than duct tape. How? <laughs> wow, we've really advanced as a culture. Yeah, yeah I mean it's a pretty low bar of anyway. <laughs> just make, making it better than duct tape. Um, when they first get there, right? They have the fight. Um, well, so they they just land on this asteroid, right? Well, they land in the asteroid, it's, right? Yeah. Well, no. Wait. They figured so it was... out. It's a ship. They already yeah. know it's a ship. So right, that's right. The but surface I thought they were this... on the surface, right? No, it's the surface of this pseudo planet, which. Right when the guy says like I have I climbed the mountain and and um for the I, world is hollow and episode, I touched the sky. The world is <laughs> I couldn't remember the hollow part. Um, he's saying like I was up on that part and I climbed this mountain and then he you know it, it, Truman showed it. He his boat hit the side of the wall. Um, okay, so that's what I was under uh, not understanding because if they were on the outside, no, and Natira and her like and everyone was up, then they already know it's a, no, that's it's, the vacuum of space, right? No, they're mm. they're inside this. They live uh, under the fake surface inside this asteroid, yeah. so, which is okay. hollow. Um, right. But they're forbidden from going, presumably far off into the distance where they would hit the walls, or. Um, up a mountain where they will hit the ceiling. I get it now. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Guys, did you see the original, uh, not the remake, but the original Asteroid? From... Um, I'm not sure. Why? You guys it should look really, it up. Really bad? It, it, well, it, it's just like a bright rainbow of all different colors, and it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, you oh, should yeah. look it up. I like that. Why didn't they do that? That's I know. It's, well, they made it look like a real asteroid. Lame. Stupid. <laughs> like lame. the rainbow asteroid is wake. Like the pride asteroid. I like that a lot more. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, it's not as extreme as you just made it sound. It's just you know it, it implies that it's made of different minerals and stuff. It's so cool though. It's like this bright rainbow. I love it. Yeah, I mean. All right, looks, guys. That looks good. Can I go to science corner? <laughs> oh God. I mean, take us there. All right. So the missiles. You want some are... music? We don't have science corner music, but <laughs> I could I could compose them. Not at the end of the semester, but at a different time. Remind me of a break. Okay, guys. The missiles are traveling at sub warp speed, right? Sure. So they're they're like pretty slow, at least for the Star Trek civilization. Is the asteroid traveling at sub warp speed? Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Okay, so it's going, it's take, it's mosing, it's taking its extreme sweet time, but still, they can transport onto it while it's moving. They transport onto everything while it's moving, right? Planets are moving around the sun. But is that so? That was my question. Is like an asteroid traveling at that speed about the same speed of planets around the sun? I mean, they they put themselves into the the initial or the inertial frame of reference of the asteroid, right? The, every shot they show, they're just like keeping speed so relative to the enterprise neither is moving well my the reason i ask is because it's such a problem in later series like you can't uh transport at warp 
Again, it, this asteroid's not warp. If this asteroid right, 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 was right, a warp, right. that would be a huge problem. Right. So um, is that the deal? So you can transport with moving things as long as you, like, essentially orbit it or, like, match its speed and course. Exactly. I think that would be the, I mean, I think that would be the deep read of what they're doing every time they're in orbit, right? They, um, they don't generally fly like they're not flying past a planet and say like i think that does happen once in a once in a while and saying like well we'll just send you out really quick as we're passing uh, and they put themselves into a stable orbit um usually i think above the place they want to beam to and then then they beam um which would be the same thing that's happening here it doesn't look like the asteroid's rotating at all and um frankly since it's under propulsion there'd be no reason for it to be rotating um that would probably be counter to what it is designed to do um so they don't even have to take into account the rotation of it yeah th i mean it's it's just, you could just think of it as a small planet really well and for once like the calculations with like the size are like reasonable like 200 miles wide um like, I, that I, would be big i don't think i paid attention to that but um like it's yeah, not it's question. not like they were like like it's an earth-sized asteroid right or something that's a good question so um what would that be comparable to i bet that um you said a 200 that's what they said. Like the one that extincted the dinosaurs, they always say was like six miles wide. Um, so it's a real threat to that Devon 5 or whatever planet's on a collision course with. So it's, it's bigger than Phobos. You, you said 200 miles? That's what they said. So our, our so it's, it's smaller than our moon, but uh, the first thing I thought to check on is uh, Phobos, um, one of um, Mars's moons, uh, is only about 14 miles um, large. Large, fourteen miles <laughs> diameter. <laughs> it's fourteen miles large. Um. <laughs> Sounds like a rap song. Anyway, <laughs> but they, but like an asteroid could be that big. Yeah, Deimos is only seven. Um, so I mean, we could probably find. Oh, wait, here's some other things. Uh, Callisto. Yeah, I mean, we could probably find. I bet one of Jupiter's moons would be a good comparison, but it would be a question of like which one. Um, but it's not a moon. It's an asteroid. Sure, but I mean, just for comparable. That's no um, moon. <laughs> that's no moon. Um, Ganymede is the largest of all near-Earth objects at 22 miles. So this is um, that's pretty big. So it's big, it's dangerous, but it's possible that it could exist. Sure, they probably would have picked it up, though, right? If we're talking about, like, Ganymede, um, free in the solar system, just kind of flying around, um, that's pretty big. Um, yeah. Actually... Pluto is only about four times bigger than this asteroid. If I'm well, and is Pluto and when when Pluto's not classified as a planet, is it classified as an asteroid? No, no, no. Uh, it's a dwarf planet. That is actually, that yeah, it's a dwarf newest, planet. Uh, yes, um, that I actually know. Toyed. Why I don't? Um, <laughs> the only science I'm going to be helpful with. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. <laughs> Welcome. Well, but what about its weird orbit? I thought someone was arguing it was an asteroid. No, it's um, a dwarf planet. Yeah, okay. but the the thing it has not done is cleared its orbit. Um, is the distinction I think that it's oh, missing. Okay. Um, not, I mean, this is really a deep science corner that you. <laughs> yeah, started, this but, is a very deep science um, corner. I yeah, stopped I listening guess, like ten minutes ago. <laughs> to, the, to, the, to your point, though, two hundred miles is a pretty big diameter for an asteroid. And it, so it poses a serious threat to this Devon Five. So it's, it, it poses. So I mean, it goes back to your point of the missiles. Um, even without the missiles, they probably should have noticed this flying through a solar system. Yeah, and and been like, what what's up with this? To be like, what's this rogue planetoid doing, essentially? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised the people of Devon 5 haven't noticed it if they're a spacefaring civilization. It's only, it's less than a year away. Sure, that's actually a very More good point. More than a year. Um, it's 396 days. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Oh, an Earth year. Yes. Yeah. Depending but on... yes, if you had a, a something roughly the size of, of well, again, bigger than Phobos, um, yeah. like a moon flying at your planet, that's not a hard thing to spot. And it's that close. Like, the it's risky not, that's ones not are that like, far away. And it's also, um, I mean, there's no reason to believe that it's not traveling in the plane of the ecliptic of the, of the, the solar system, right? That right. Um, it's not coming in at 90 degrees or something of that sort, uh, extrasolar objects. Much harder to spot, much more dangerous. Um, so, yeah, I, this should be something they saw coming. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah, so I think a better plot would have been that instead of the missiles, like, they'd already just detected this. And yeah, so they sent the Enterprise to go do it. I agree. I mean, again, the missiles were more exciting, but, like, that would make more sense. And they're already talking to Starfleet anyway in the episode, so they can clearly communicate with them. Like, they're not that far away from Earth, apparently. No, I like that better. Um, good size Well, smarter. it's too late. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, you look literally so bored. I don't care about science. <laughs> <laughs> Other than making things work, but when it's Star Trek, I super don't care. Because <laughs> I just assume it's going to be wrong. So, all right. Well, Abby, maybe this is something you care about. Do you okay. care about the amazing camera work? Okay, I actually had a note about some. Oh of yeah, this, that was, I was as like, soon as what? we got down there, I was going to say that they have amazing. Yeah, that's on my note. Like the the shot through like the stair treads. Yeah, like what's yep. happening? Yep. It was a it was a choice. Like I don't. I liked it. I don't. I didn't dislike it. It was more of a just like. But why though? Like, what's the real uh, to see that it's really small in there, or what are you doing with this choice? I don't know. Oh, I think they were like. I think it was like metaphorical. Like, like you felt the the weight of the feet. Like, and you could see like the feet vibrating and the things like kind of covering the camera. And like, like it made you feel like really claustrophobic, like really cramped and small, like the characters. Like you felt like you were a prisoner, like they were a prisoner. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, just, uh, I mean, I, that's one way to read it. <laughs> I, I don't know that they, I don't know if it was, they thought about it that much, you know? Like, when they do weird camera angles like that, I'm always just kind of like, was somebody just, like, wanting to try, like, they're like, I've seen this done, and I always wanted to try it, so I'm going to try it here because if I can. I, if I were a director, I would be making art. I would be doing art choice like, artistic choices. Yeah, um. but this was the 60s, and this was, like, tel- like, ma- like ta- major television. Like, uh, they weren't. I don't think as concerned yeah. with the artistry of... I don't know, like Psycho's from the 60s, right? No, but that's a film. That's different. Yeah, but film still- and television were very different mediums at the time, and they were respected differently as well. So I, I just... Well, they still are. Yeah. I mean, less so now, though. Like, now, you know, major actors will go on television, whereas in the 60s, you were a television actor or you were a film actor. You did not do both unless your film career was going completely down the trail. Like, like DeForest Kelly. <laughs> but <laughs> guys, I need to just stop looking an at the, example. I, I need to stop looking at the 
the diameter of planets because that's what I'm going to yeah. do all day. Yeah, <laughs> let's get back to the episode, Paul. We left Science Corner a while ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we left well also... I, no, I, I also... I misspoke on Pluto. That was the radius, not the diameter. So it's it's about an eighth of Pluto. It, it is asteroid size, but still big. So All right. Anyway, so, anyway, back to lots of other yeah. things. So like the, the of, of Google. How about the um the zooming in on Spock at the beginning? Like it's the red alert, then it zooms in on Spock's face to create urgency. Like I like that one a lot. How about like the I like soft, a lot of the camera work in this, yeah. Yeah. The soft camera lens on McCoy. Okay, like, they always <laughs> use soft lens when it's like I know, Roman. It's yeah. so beautiful. And on every woman that's she ever looks, filmed. But McCoy looks so good in it. <laughs> Um, how about the scene where, uh, like, like Spock, like, gentle touches McCoy, and, like, McCoy, like, watches him, and that's how McCoy realizes that Spock knows he's dying? Yeah, because Spock is actually nice to him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, what happened? What's you wrong? guys, they use that exact same thing in The Empath, which I seriously hope we draw out of the hat. Oh, that exact, except, and that, well, Bones is closer to death than that one, but it's the same thing. Like, when Spock, like, cradles him. Um, so sad. Do we want to talk about the Prime Directive? Sure. Sure. You Spock, mean, uh, Spock they actually talk it. about how they're totally ignoring it. And then they a totally times, ignore yeah. it. Wow. I mean, a few times. Good talk, guys. Frankly, at the end of the episode, when they take the medical knowledge, that's also, in, in a sense, blatant um, violation. A, a violation in spirit, right? They're stealing knowledge that they shouldn't have access to. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a um, lot of ignoring of the Prime Directive in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it, Spock sort of tosses it out, and then Kirk is just sort of like, yeah, but, but blah, blah, blah. But, but wait, <laughs> but like, guys, all right, guys, guys. But they talk about how they're going to, like, they probably shouldn't violate the Prime Directive. Then they go in the hallway and talk about it awfully loudly. Considering there's, there's tons like of scenes where they are having <laughs> conversations at a pretty loud level next to the people they're trying to hide those conversations from. He's like, I get it. Yeah, like, they're in a group of, like, 20 people. It's dead silent. And Kirk's like, I can't believe these people don't know. They're on a spaceship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah, don't break the, the Prime Directive too, right? if they just overhear it, right? <laughs> it's not my fault just if like, the Prime Directive is ignored. What are you doing? And then I love how Kirk checks out that lady in the hallway. <laughs> it's Kirk. That's just his baseline. <laughs> Yeah, but Spock is like a uh, Kirk. He like nudges him. <laughs> uh, Focus. <laughs> boy. All right. Well, speaking of that, no, and the Prime Directive and everything. So, like the Oracle. So it it like let go of the missiles to draw attention to itself. It gets them there. It zaps them unconscious, and then it wants them to be honored guests. And it then says, it has that line of like if if. To paraphrase, like if you're going to be our friends, know what it means to be our enemies, mm-hmm. um, and that's when it shocks them to be like, see, see the range of my power, uh, so or something, you know, I, I get that from uh, like putting yourself in the shoes of the Oracle of saying like, well, uh, if the Oracle knows it's on an asteroid, maybe let's toss that out there. I don't know. Well, does maybe. it? If the Oracle well, fired it's the, the missiles. Computer. Let's say, okay, the Oracle is the computer, right? Right. Then it knows, for sure. Um, so the Oracle it knows that they're a threat that because... Why doesn't it just kill them? Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, it tried to with the missiles. Um, it's but very why much like, it like Baylock, right? It's like Baylock yeah. um, in um, Corbinite Maneuver. Um, that, like, he's trying to kill him, trying to kill him, and then he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. 
come have tea with me or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think the Oracle still realizes that like they are a pretty big threat to the the sort of lie that has been constructed here. So yeah, yeah, it just it falls apart real fast per usual. No, I, I agree. <laughs> Um, especially like, does the Oracle, can this Oracle see everything that's going on? Right. Does that well, like, what's the nature of that implant? The sure. giant frap, like the giant flashing light to which bones is like, there's something under there. Brilliant observation bones. Is that your medical <laughs> opinion? Like, yes. And then bones later is like, they're like, Hey, you need to get this thing. He's like, yeah, whatever. And then he immediately is like, wait, that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, the first thing it does is almost kill him. Like, he's had it in him, like, one minute, and he almost dies. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, like, it goes back to the idea of the things McCoy is willing to give up, and, like, he's willing to give up free will. Yeah. We are of the body. <laughs> yeah, right. God, it's so, so many comparisons to Landry. Yeah, we're, they're we're right. I've been thinking about Landry a lot. Um, yeah. But that's why he just, has to have the, the illness. Do you think the Oracle is uh, stronger or weaker than Landry? Just, just top of the head. We don't have to dwell on it right now, but. Uh, well, we it has better. It has okay. better control. Like they don't need that one night of wildness. And I don't think Landu was able to actively kill people, right? He had to use proxies. The Oracle right, could just right. like kill you. Like so. kill you, and the Oracle has those implants, and Landu doesn't. Sure. Um. So, boy, I'm just looking at my notes. Um. When McCoy does say um, he's dying, did you guys get to read that in that same conversation where somebody's like, hey, will you live on this world with me or whatever? And he's like, uh, I have this illness you've never heard of and I'm going to die soon. That it sort of feels like a pretty bad excuse. Yeah, it's true. It's like, look, you, you're you really nice, but I'm going to die in a year. <laughs> Gotta have to. I have to go wash my spaceship. <laughs> um. yeah. All right. Can we talk more about that romance? Because this is another one of those romances that, like, unlike something beautiful like City on the Edge of Forever, like this romance makes no sense. Yeah. What does she see in McCoy? Is a question. Well, okay. Well, first of all, yes. Like he's not the yeah, hottest Spock's one. right there. <laughs> like <laughs> what the what? Like, he's not the youngest one. He's not the hottest one. But, like, okay, whatever. Let's say, like, she just has this attraction to him. But, like, she looks at him for one second, and then Spock's like, that young lady did show a marked preference for your company. Well, now, no one can blame her for that. Can I love that exchange, by the way. It is fun. Well, and then they say, basically, can we manipulate her to our purposes? And I'm kind of surprised Bones agrees to that so quickly. Really? I'm not. Are you really that surprised, Chelsea? <laughs> Yes, I am. I believe in Bones' integrity. Mm. I I am a little surprised. But I'm just saying, the whole thing escalates so fast. So fast. They talk for, like, literally. Like, they have one exchange, and then she asks him to marry her. Yeah. Well, and this goes back to the early part of the episode, right? That when McCoy is telling Kirk about this illness, he's like, hey, look, I'm still going to be a great medical uh chief medical officer for the time i have left like you don't need to worry and when they go to the, t the transporter room kirk's like uh you should probably just stay here and mccord's like no i'm totally fine like i'm perfect no problems and then the 
first chance he gets to go AWOL, he, <laughs> he does. <totally> does. <laughs> like, well, Kirk is 100% right in the, tele- the transporter mm-hmm. room that he should just be like, uh, no, you stay here. Not like, to he- mention, he's obviously very sick. Like, he's extremely weakened. <sighs> yeah, and it's, a, mm-hmm. again, a question about the disease that they don't go into. Except that right. at the end, Spock says, you have healthy red blood cells now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. well, what do you okay in general? What are your guys' feelings on like love at first sight? I'm curious. Well, so that's why I kind of think like 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 Bones. He is a feeler, right? It's true. He is. He is like, he's like as we saw in Friday's Child, he is quite a feeler. <laughs> that's like like that's like that is him. That is he. There's a very logical part to him too, and I think you kind of need that to be an MD and to be like essentially he's the Xeno researcher, right? Like oh, like of like 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 all these alien diseases constantly. He's constantly like, but clearly like Bones is someone who has like three, four dozen peer-reviewed articles just, like, sitting around, right? He might have, like, some amazing prizes. Like, he's always, like, curing disease and finding out, like, doing I'm all these sure. interesting research projects. I'm not sure projects. I buy most of that, Chelsea. I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm playing in that same space. <laughs> no. Oh, I think so. He's always curing things, and you know, like, the first thing he's doing is writing up papers on these things. But well. even if he's not... It's okay. Well, I think so. For <laughs> readers, you can't see the vi- or listeners, you can't see the video here, but they are looking very incredulous. <laughs> skeptical. Skeptical is the very word. Inc- I mean, do you think he writes up this one that is like, hey, I cured this disease, and by the way, we stole the tech from a soul <laughs> society? Then don't ask yeah, about the prime directive I, or anything I do. like that. I was really, the provenance of how no, I saw no, no, no. this. Guys, I listen. totally did. I, I he I think he lies in his reports, but like yeah, I think Bones... it's more likely that he sells it to somebody on the black market. <laughs> no, I don't think so because Bones's biggest thing is helping people and curing disease. So if this is knowledge that will like help people, like he gets it out there and he finds a way to like lie about how they like cured him in this report. The black market is a way to do that. Sell no, it to like a pharmaceutical it's going company in under the radar. Like like let's make up a name for this journal. Like like Zeno. Biology Prime. Oh like. God, that's. I'm sure the Xenobiology, the journal, has been mentioned on Star Trek at some point. <laughs> like, like is that he's, a memory like, alpha? He is publishing this in the flagship journal of like the Federation's like Xenobiology Society or whatever. But anyway, that's actually not my point. <laughs> okay, okay, what is okay, it? What is the point? I don't remember, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I had a point, you guys. <laughs> okay, we still haven't answered my original question, which was, Go back to what it. are your feelings on love at first sight? Oh, that was my point. Thank you. So my point was that he like, has this logicalness to him, and which is why I think he has to have this terminal disease, because he clearly doesn't believe at love at first sight, and I don't believe at love at first sight, but he's willing to let all that go to just like maybe not be lonely for a few months before he dies. No, well, I, I, I guess a retort to that question is, does he have to believe that this is love if it's and a, he a d- year? And I don't think he does. <laughs> um, yeah. Or he's just like, yeah, this seems like an okay place to be for a year. Yeah, he's like, this. there's this beautiful woman. I know that I'm attracted to her at first sight. He says that he's attracted to her, right? Like, they actually make that clear. Like, so, like, let's just do this for, you know, I'm going to die anyway. And I think, like, that's that's not... 
necessarily love well, at first sight. That, don't they that's ta- like that's don't they logical have a conversation at first sight. Later, that's like I love you. I love you too. Like, isn't there that conversation? No, no, I, I, mean, no I think you're no. raising a good question. They don't <laughs> have that conversation. Um, they don't. They don't go go to the transcript, you guys. Pull the, these are all on transcript. For the world is hollow transcript, and I got you know, it right is... here. Hmm. Pull up the word love. No. <laughs> love is never said in this episode. I feel it's, like that's a. It's said one time by Natira, and she says, "You are now one of my people." And then she like strokes him. May I give you the love you want and make the time you have beautiful? That's what's said. They never say it like this confession of their feelings. It makes no sense. Like it's stupid as shit. But like I understand, like the human motivation behind it, I actually kind of like. Well, at, at least I think a read would be that he's taking advantage of her, that he's mm. an alien, right? And it's there that um, there's a power differential in, in lots of different ways here. Honestly, I I would read it the other way, that she's taking advantage of him. He's the one who's vulnerable and who's, like, weakened. And she's the one who really puts the moves on him and then, like, gets him to implant this, like, death pain device in him to, like, essentially have him under the control of their deity. I don't think she's doing that maliciously. No, but it's, he's the one who's vulnerable. Well, they're both vulnerable. Yeah, maybe they're both vulnerable. I mean, they're both vulnerable. But, (laughs) they are married now, though. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a question. Are they still married? (laughs) They are. No, they totally are, because they didn't get divorced. (laughs) Like, there was no conversation where it's like, you know, maybe this was a poor choice, especially now since I'm not dying. And you're going to stay here and I'm going to go back to the Enterprise. They never have a conversation where like, yeah, let's just pretend this didn't happen. Like, let's just annul this in space court and be done. Like, there's that doesn't happen. Guys, I want her to have been pregnant and I want her kid to be like a spinoff. Look, just write that fanfic, Chelsea. Yeah, I'm probably, I, I am it. probably going to do that. Paul later. will post it on the website. <laughs> <laughs> It no. does. So at the very end of the episode, they do say like, "Hey, in 390 days or whatever, okay, something's gonna happen." Um, They're gonna land it, on the planet. So big question there at the end. This is not where I was going, but so it was at the beginning. 395 days is when they were going to impact that planet, right? And they like changed course, and now 395 days they're gonna like reach their destination. So um, is Devon 5 must be the destination, and now they're going to orbit instead of impact? Is that the course correction? Sure. Is that the only course correction they would have... And is still that not a huge risk? Like, that, again, this is something that is not the size of our moon, but is not insignificant. Um, that's going to have impacts on the planet. Um, let alone be a completely alien society that now has to deal with being told that it's in an asteroid and another alien society that's being told like hey you have an asteroid up there that has people on it and missiles and uh, propulsion systems that could crash into you at any time they want and please prepare Uh, for the immigration thanks bye yeah um (laughs) but also like what is the plan ten thousand years ago because you could say as much as you want of like how advanced the civilization is but to I guess they. I think the plan for the society the millions of years ago was survival. Because their son was going to Nova and they were like, this is the only chance we have to have any of our people survive. So ship into space. Bye bye. But I don't think they they said, this is the planet they're going to. No, I don't know that they did. 
Well, no, so. I do. I do think that was the implication because they were always going to this place and they had to correct the course. The problem was that like somehow the calculation had gotten just a little bit off in the so, last however many. So it's either years. an automated system that like is correcting for this along the way, which would make sense that the computer is saying, OK, yeah, go I think to that's this true. place. But then the computer would have fixed that. Well, um, so something went wrong. Some little error. And and it couldn't correct for it for whatever reason. Yeah, didn't they say like one of the engines was bad or something? Yeah, it would yeah, still like it, it yeah. still have scanners, right? It was able to scan for the Enterprise and fire missiles at the Enterprise. Yeah, I mean, I'm so willing to let that go. The thing like I'm confused about is like why it was traveling at sub warp speed, but they had like this amazing medical knowledge. Well, civilizations focus I mean, on different things, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, medicine medical knowledge is different than other scientific knowledge right like yeah, because yeah. the you know ancient uh, middle eastern medicine was amazing and ancient european medicine knowledge was terrible so yeah. like it, it really depends on kind of what you're focusing on and i, could, I, I think I mean, you could easily even in the star trek universe you could probably argue that like how good is ferengi medical science like do we have better better or equivalent medical knowledge right now on earth to the Ferengi in say um, TNG and you're like that's not something they focus on mm -hmm. so maybe um, they may, if they don't care about disease they could still be space faring but not have really any medical knowledge so okay I accept that um, to talk about the star going Nova though right when a star goes Nova and again 10,000 years ago the fact that they have any understanding of this planet or this set of planets it also seems yeah, it, it doesn't make no it makes no sense that Spock like knows anything that he can read the language that he yeah. instantly recognizes the solar system yeah well, right unless there were other escapes that happened right so okay maybe, i was going to say like, because the argument is this ships. is the only extant uh, culture of this race is not on this asteroid yeah or or that their knowledge disseminated even if their people didn't and if the planet was destroyed well, because so, there'd be a lot of things yeah. like the fact that they're like, oh, there's eight planets in this system. It's like, well, not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, for the last 10,000 years, there have not been eight planets in this system, almost certainly, um, because any of them in a habitable, habitable zone um, would likely have been destroyed by the Nova. Absolutely. Right? So, um, so, and even in the non-habitable zone, right? Isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just like, saying like yeah. at least I, one there's planet. There's so much been... science corner in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Because Abby, we need. That's it why to Chelsea make loves sense. this one. Is it's a si it's <laughs> rife with science it's corner. bones in science corner. It's Chelsea's oh happy place. I love. Well, I don't even think I am the science person. I'm cultural theory, but nonetheless, <laughs> I do love the science in this. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Well, so Abby, I think your theory is the best explanation there, right? That like um like uh. This planet, this planet and solar system were famous because other survivors had been picked up at some points, and so this is like a well-known thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, otherwise, it's just such a gaping hole that again, it makes literally no sense. Yeah, I think I think that's the best read of it too. That somebody else had to get off this planet, and um, that's and, 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 and it's famous. They became feder like they a part of the federation, and sure. recently, and that's why Spock knows about it. Or Spock is just the best, and he knows all the things. 
He can't know every. He, he does can't know, though. Like, he can't. He can't know how to read every he like can, extinct though. language. Uh, it has been proven that he totally can. <laughs> like it doesn't make. He can't recognize every like random extinct solar system. But he from does, just like though. some drawing. <laughs> like, he has a pretty poor drawing. But, like it's got eight planets. Artistic like, representation. So does our solar system, right? Like that that map also fits our solar system. Yeah, that could have been literally anything. <laughs> like, like so. <laughs> It just proves that Spock's amazing. I don't. Oh, I don't see the issue. Oh my god. Oh boy. Um. But Chelsea has her bones apologism. I have my Spock apologism. Just let me have this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm more on bone. I'm more on on your side. I think I mean, that I'm willing to say that Spock just knows right a ton of languages. Yeah, he just knows um, a lot of things. How he's like he's a master xenolinguist. The Vulcan Science Academy is really has in-depth curriculum on everything. No, this doesn't make any. He can't be like a, a like have like nine doctorates. Bones can't have <laughs> nine million cures. If this language got out here in Abby's read of this, that like some of these this culture still remains. One, they probably they don't have the same language, but if there's um, dialects of this, he's probably still able to get like the base read of it right he's not he's not translating this word for word but you get the feel maybe okay maybe i'm just saying how many doctorates do each of these people have so spock at least well if you can get a doctor by the time you're 20 (laughs) by the time you're you're like spock and bones and kirk's age you could have like 30 (laughs) Uh, what their age they're like 35 (laughs) even more doctorates for everybody And they've been, like, Bones has been on this ship a while. Like, and he lived, like, a past life where, like, he had this wife and kid. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> how, how, how strong? So we got Landry. We got uh, the Oracle. How much higher up above Landry? No, no. Be? We're not done talking no? about this episode. <laughs> What's We left? haven't even touched on religious zealotry. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole and, other thing in this episode. All of those metaphors. I know. it's. Cr- and I, I don't think know that's, that I want to get into it, but. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the big reads on this episode, right? I think so. I think it was intended. Of Yeah. I, it's hard not to read that into it. Well, because it's not subtext. It's text. It's t- <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is why you as a like it. <laughs> hey wait are you saying i don't enjoy subtext i enjoy subtext. yes no you've literally told me you don't enjoy subtext you've said i don't enjoy subtext you have said i never said this wait when when on this podcast listeners find it not no not on this podcast in our own conversations no 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 because like well in real life i don't enjoy subtext but in my (laughs) literature and television watching i don't mind like like you'll do it for a little while but like i'll do it for hours and you will lose patience fast yeah obviously because you (laughs) do it in real life chelsea what sort of subtext conversations are you having like okay like like if we go to like the movies like uh-huh. I just want to read the the movie as a cultural metaphor in like six different ways, but, but like again, a lot of people don't like to do that. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine like watching a movie and being like, oh, I see what they did there with their subtext. I, yeah, but I then understand. You but I don't want to talk about it for nine exactly. hours. That's not that's, what I want to do with my life. That's the difference between and that is my life. That's what I do for a living, and then in all my spare like thinking time. Like, everything is a metaphor for me. Everything is an abstraction. 
That's why this is why sometimes I need a break from you. <laughs> I mean the, the the long debunked pseudoscience or, or something else. Shut up, Paul. No one likes that. Anyway. <laughs> I do have several small things. The We've electric shock. The rails on this episode. We have. I'm so sorry, listeners. No, listeners, I'm not sorry at all. Anyway, you know it's just us three that listen to this. That's fair. <laughs> do, um, so when they get back, do they cure, like, every other disease, too? I like to think they do, except the one for Bones' father, which he later succumbs to. Yeah, I guess anytime anybody's about to die, they should go back to this tome of ancient knowledge. <laughs> uh, I liked when they got electric shocked. That was an amazing special effect. Actually, Abby, to to your point about um, them, oh, that is a, a good effect. Sorry, Chelsea, to talk <laughs> over that. But um, the, to dwell on the book, um, if this culture had gotten out into space some other way, then that medical knowledge presumably would have too. True. Oh shit! Yeah. So. Damn, that's a good point. All right, then it's just a, bl- a blatant plot hole. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought the effects when they're getting stunned are, those are cool effects. So yeah, I have cool. a question. When Bones is on the planet and is about to stay there and leave his friends forever, do you yeah. think they all believe they're about to leave forever? Because, like, they don't even say goodbye. Kirk and and Spock are going up there to still, like, screw around with everything. Right? They're, they're not leaving him. So, so that's the plan. I think so. And, and realistically, I think... I think I think Kirk is well within his right when he gets back up there to be like, yeah, be, be McCoy back too. Yeah, and he doesn't. Yeah, because this is not Bones a, a is, Bose is kind of being like, I'm out, and it's like, dude, you're part of a pseudo militarist. Yeah, this is he is going AWOL, right? This is not just you get to stop at any planet you want. When they get to like Spore Planet, they don't all just get to say, oh yeah, cool, this is where we live now. Right? Well, they try. They do try. Um, <laughs> Well, but so that's why I think that that the disease really has to be there. Another reason, right? It's the only explanation for Kirk's behavior. Yeah, but I don't think Kirk's getting up on him. I think no, Kirk I don't is... think so. I think they're going. They're like, yeah, we'll totally go back to the Enterprise and leave you here forever, McCoy. That's a thing Wink. we're gonna do. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> oh, do you guys agree with Starfleet that when Starfleet's like, leave immediately. We've got this. We're gonna take care of it. I don't know that it's a good choice, but I do like, believe like, Starfleet they, would what, do it. What would Starfleet do, though? Are they going to come and, like, destroy the, the asteroid? Yes. Look, we're talking about a while, right? So this, again, it's a big object, but it's not that big. And realistically, destroying it is probably the worst thing they could do for lots mm-hmm. of reasons. Because well, then they you could just beam have all the people pieces. off. They could beam and, all the people. No, and then, and then they directors. could be- but if they no, no. phaser it, then no, it will dest- be in little pieces. Yeah, yeah. That, it, destroying it, the problematic no, part no, no, of destroying no. it is not killing all the people. It's all the chunks are still going at no, the no, planet. No, 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 no. Phasering um, it makes it disappear. As we've seen uh, time and time again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that doesn't make any sense. Like, sure. I know that. But, like, time and time again, we've seen, like, things that are phasered just disappear. They just, like, go into nothing. Well, when you're talking about on a human scale, right? You're talking a, a small person. Well, but and they and they do it to objects too. Planetary. They do it to like rocks. Yeah, but those are small. Um, Again, no, but but I think the the more no, they, the would missiles. Be that... The the Enterprise shoots the missiles and they just disappear. But again, they're very small relative to uh, a small planetoid. Fine. <laughs> um, the uh the easier thing would be you know they send out a, a freighter or a haul a, a, some sort of ship that just puts a tractor beam on it for like three hundred days, um, hitting a planet. 
300 days out, like... Yeah, there's ways to get around that. You don't that. have it, to move yeah. that much. It's not a week. It's not like two days from now it's going to no. get. You have a year yeah. to move this out and, of the course of a planet. That's not hard. And that's, yeah, they do that in the Paradise Syndrome, which I know we haven't watched yet. But yeah. like, it's the exact same plot. Like they're moving an asteroid over the course of like, like six months or something. And they yeah. do it. When you have a year. So I, th- I think Starfleet could definitely handle this. It's just that Bones is involved. So Kirk is like, I'm not leaving. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, I have one, one of final... my sister wives is down there. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I have one final question. Slash, well, not question, really. So much as a point. Kirk, it is uncomfortable when Kirk is very violent with Natira. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's Kirk. And that several times Kirk. he's like, you have to listen. <laughs> like, shake, shake, shake. You, yeah. you have to listen. Mm-hmm. You have to believe me that you're hearing me. Um, yeah, he... And then he just sort of lets her run off. So my thought at that point um, that gets used as a in a lot of later series and, and movies, frankly, um, why not just beam her to the ship? Why not just say, hey, right now, four to the ship, beam four yeah. up. Because the thing she's having trouble comprehending is like, you're telling me all the, this stuff about... space. Yeah, and then you beam her to the bridge and be like, yeah, that's that thing you live See, on. Space. Like, we're already, <laughs> we're already destroying the prime directive here. Um, take her to the, the bridge... And then she gets the perspective he's trying to paint for her with words. Just beam her up. (laughs) Yeah, prove it. Yeah. When they get the book and the room is, like, hot, (laughs) that's another great time. They could just be like, bye, Oracle. Like, we're going to go up to our ship and read this book for a while. It's true. Guess how long we have to read this book. They know where (laughs) the book is. They know the location of the book. So why can't they just beam it out? Yeah. Because you know how long they have to translate that book? About 390 days. Yeah. (laughs) So it's fine. (laughs) There is no ticking clock on this one. It's true. There's no reason. Why does this episode... I love this show so much. (laughs) This show makes no sense. It's great. (laughs) Like, not a single word. Yeah, they're not trapped there. Oh, my gosh. They have communicators at that point. They've been back. It's true. Mm. All right. And the last thing I'll say. So, guys, you know how I love this episode. And even though it's it's clearly a terrible episode. I do like it, though, too. Like, I really do enjoy it. It's a fun watch. I watched it twice, and it's a fun watch. Good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm not the other one. So, some episodes are valuable for plot. And some are valuable for character development. And this is one that I think is very valuable for character development. I really like the exploration of the trio's friendship. And I really like the, the, like the binary, the contrast between the character's professional and personal lives that comes to the fore several times. Like the McCoy Chapel contract. Like he like yells at her professionally. And then he's like, Christine, please. Like, like hinting at this much deeper friendship. And then the same thing with McCoy and Kirk. And McCoy and Spock, actually. So that is, I think, the value in this one. And it's this—it's pretty much the same thing in Paradise Syndrome and The Empath, neither of which we've watched, but both of which I hope we draw out of the hat at the same time. <laughs> only watch one episode at a time. Or it could be two. Well, if we watch, like, The Menagerie or something. <laughs> yes. Oh, we've never talked about that, but yeah. So where, where's, where's the Oracle power level? Are we ready for that yet? Yeah, sure. Does anyone Let's have anything it. else? Let's do it. No, the, we've Are already sure? talked about so much. Are you sure we can't like prolong this a little more? Because I love this conversation, you guys. <laughs> uh, I would have this conversation for like three more hours. <laughs> like um, I seriously would. I mean, I'm down to like the dregs of my notes. Shucks. Um, 
No, I'm, I'm looking for no, more notes for you. Thank you. Abby, you got anything? I already brought up everything I wanted to. Um, so we got Landrew, right? Landrew's in this chunk with, like, pretty close to the bottom. Um, who's Baylock, on either, yeah, who's on either side? Below Landrew, I don't think, uh, we already said this is, he's better than Landrew, right? The Oracle? Yeah. yeah. Um, above that's Mirakirk, who <laughs> I don't think would have solved this problem. Oh, no. Same with, same with Tracy from the Omega Mirror Glory, Kirk 2, um, Mob from Friday's Child. I don't know if that's how we pronounce that. Yeah. M-A-A-B. Um, I think Baylock is actually. We, I, I called out Baylock earlier yeah, um, from the Corbinite maneuver. Hmm. Um, it's probably comparable. Above that is Romulan Sarek. Oh, Romulan Sarek definitely would have figured just this blasted out. Blasted this asteroid? Yeah, yeah they would have just blasted fair. it to Vittles. Um, maybe Baylock would have too. I mean, yeah, I guess Baylock had a lot of. really big too. Well, but a lot of it was uh, illusion, though, right? It was illusory. Yeah, that's true. The ship wasn't. Wasn't it? No, I don't think so. I don't think the ship was illusory. I think it was just everything he did was. <laughs> I thought it was including the ship. I thought. It was oh, like... I didn't think it was the ship, too. But um, Okay. Maybe. Well, um, but I think we're zoning in on somewhere between Romulan and Sarek, Baylock, in that zone, right? So below sure. Romulan and Sarek. Above Baylock. That's above probably... or below Baylock is the question. I think above. Could Baylock have figured it out? I, yeah, I kind of think below too, actually. Because I, oh, really? I think I think Baylock could have. Abby, yeah, I've got, yeah. I, okay. I, I do think Baylock yeah. figured um, out. Well, Baylock wouldn't have cared. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's true. But I think he could have beaten this asteroid, though. Well, yeah, because he, he wouldn't have just, beamed over. He, he wouldn't have beamed over. No, he would have just destroyed the missiles. Yeah, and yeah. then gone on his way. Yeah. yeah. So I think. Okay, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abby, I really hope you counted he's dead as he's dead, Jim. Uh, I, it's not. Abby. It's, it's not. It is so clear. It is so clearly in the spirit of he's dead, Jim. <sighs> they, he, they stopped saying the Jim part in the third season because it had become a cliche. Like, that's established. So it's only in the first two seasons. But he's still saying the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. Paul, what do you think? Paul, you better be with me on this one. <laughs> or, no offense, you're not even my friend. Wow. <laughs> you're as Old manipulative as, as bones. <laughs> yes, I am. But at least I can say I am. At least no, I know no. it. <laughs> no, I think I'm with Abby. I literally <laughs> hate you both. Well, okay. if it causes us to not win bingo, I'm just quitting this podcast now. Is, all right, so my other, I, I do have one clarifier. Um... Are they ever trapped on the asteroid? I yes. do think initially they are because they, they take away their communicators equipment. and yeah. phasers initially. Okay. Later they're not, but initially they are. Okay. That's Anytime fine, they then. lose communicators, right? Then Yeah, then they, they're right. stuck. Cool, cool, cool. That is fine. All right. So uh, we already know Chelsea thinks we got bingo. Paul, do you think we got bingo? <laughs> I don't think there was that much in here, right? So they are trapped on a place. Nothing else, like, doesn't work. Nobody says any of the things they're supposed to say. Bones um, does. Prime Directive Prime Directive does get mentioned, and then it ignored. Um, they don't talk about ancient Nurse Earth Chapel's stuff. there. Uh, Chapel's there. Tulu's there. Chekhov's there. I mean, Chelsea said yes. I guess I'll go no, just to keep it spicy. We super didn't. 
This game is <laughs> so stupid. No, there's I, not. There isn't that much. And there were, and, it, and it, it's another example of there was stuff that happened that wasn't on the sheet. So there is that. So Nurse Chapel's there. There is a captain's log. The ep- title of the episode said Bones drinks. Spock says illogical. Right. Um, there's a Kirk speech. We decided they were trapped on the planet, but the only ones that were on this sheet were title of the episode, away dream trapped, captain's log, recurring actor. There was a recurring actor, um, and Spock saying um, illogical. Can we so, toss out? Here where it doesn't matter, um, it wasn't clear that McCoy was drinking alcohol, right? Does that matter? No, it, I, I, I kind of just counted it. Cause no, it was... It's, it was clearly alcohol or else Spock would have drank it. Oh, Spock didn't? Okay. Yeah, Spock left. Remember Spock's And it's Tumblr not on this sheet there. anyway, so is yeah. the assumption really Is the assumption moving forward that any time McCoy has a drink in his hand, it <laughs> is alcoholic. a yes. drink? Yes, yes. I think that's a okay. fair assumption. I think, I think yeah, that's how we progress moving forward, sure. It does sound like my. I'm on board with that. Anytime he drinks, absolutely. Okay, like, shall we? Shall we discover what's next on the docket? Oh my god! Yes. Please be the empath or the paradise syndrome. Man, let's say this is going to be episode what twenty eight. We're there's we're through like a third of these. Yeah, uh, there's we're we're getting there, guys. We're cooking. There's a lot guys, of good episodes left. You guys that we have not realize hit, we're going to be doing this together for like three years. <laughs> like it's already been a full year. It has. It's been over a year. Yeah. Yeah, it should take, I mean, it's 52 weeks a year. We do 26 episodes mm-hmm. a year. Um, it's about three years, but we're already a year into it, so. <laughs> so we're a third of the way through. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So do you want to know what we're watching? Yeah. No, let's just, just, just do it blind next time. <laughs> <laughs> we all watch a different episode. Yeah, let's all watch a different episode. Yeah, goes. <laughs> I'm watching The Empath. Oh, gracious. All right. Next time, we are wa- back in season one, you guys. Damn it. The Squire of Gothos. Oh, hey, that's a fun one. A being that controls matter and creates planets wants to play with the Enterprise crew. Oh, they have a play date. Uh, It'll be so much fun. This will go so well. It's another a... kind of child one. Oh, this is a... Yeah, this one is like super... No, th- I love this one. I love yeah, this one. Yeah, this one is... Um... It's yeah, boy. Um, yeah, Trillane, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a thing. I bet I'll be talking about Q. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, this you, one is super Q-y. Yeah. Well, I think I think he is a Q. I, I know that's not like... I think it's actually in it, the he, canon that he is like baby Q. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like that's what I'm saying. Like he is literally a Q. Yeah. This is a Q. Play. Well, we'll find out next time when you join us for Squire of Gothos, lovely listeners. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you'd like. Um, and subscribe and tell your friends and give us ratings and all that cool stuff that you do with podcasts that you like and stuff. Um, and we'll see you next time.